This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's uh, 9.35 in the morning and it's time for the S&M show. Yeehaw, I think I was supposed <laughs> yes. to say. That was, the, that was part of the script. Very Yeehaw. well done, Sharad. Yeehaw. Okay, it, this is a show about what's working and what's not in stocks and markets. I'm Sharad Kutin and of course that, the familiar Julian Ng and Ibrahim Sani with me. And today we're going to ask how and why research brought down the Noble Group. So Noble Group, as we all know, uh, the share price has fallen precipitously, uh, almost losing all its value uh, compared to a year ago. And this was caused initially by a report issued by this company called Iceberg, or Iceberg Research, uh, which said uh, which compared Noble to the Enron Group. Uh, we know we all know what happened to Enron, right? Basically dodgy accounting and uh, implo- implosion. Um, so it turned out that uh, at the time, from the time of issuing the report till today, Iceberg's uh, statements uh, about uh, Noble's accounting practices turned out to be prophetic. And uh, here we are today asking the question whether it was the wider commodity sector that caused uh, Noble's downfall or was it uh, all these dodgy accounting practices that Noble adopted. I think at the end of the day, it's very much substance-driven and whether or not, uh, you know, other other factors are coming in. Uh, if your substance is very strong, if uh, the company actually deals with the core fundamentals, um, even these kind of research can't bring that company down. However, we saw that report, for instance, uh, uh, GMT Research questioning AirAsia's uh, uh, way of doing accounting practices, and that has affected AirAsia tremendously. The same thing can be said about Noble. So there is, there is no smoke without fire. And I think uh, Noble Group's fundamentals are actually extremely poor. And these kind of research coming in from, say, Iceberg Research actually actually just precipitates that particular fall. Well, you know, okay, maybe the contrarian view is, in fact, uh, fundamentals essentially don't matter in a society driven by information where there's a lot of hype. If you look just very briefly at uh, notes you can find on Enron, Fortune magazine, which is a, you know established magazine, named Enron America's most innovative company six years in a row, right? And so there's a lot of inflation of reputations. There's a lot of hype in the media. And there's also a lot of panic responses, right, by the market. And I'm wondering if information and in our information society uh, that uh, a research, you know, put out by somebody would, with very sexy title, right, uh, Enron in the making or something of, of that uh, sort, can in fact uh, trigger a panic even though the fundamentals are good? Well, the, the, the question is whether it's the chicken or the egg, right? Uh, yes, a journalist and financial analyst uh, can falter when they do, don't do their homework and they can make certain statements which uh, time will show that uh, sometimes they could be wrong. But what about c- companies that willfully mislead uh, the people who invest, uh, mislead their investors, mislead their stakeholders, right? Like Like, cooking their books. Like how Enron cooked their their books uh, and like how uh, Iceberg had accused the Noble Group one year ago of exploiting accounting treatments, uh, making uh, unrealistic valuations of their subsidiaries and and so on. Um, And at that point in time, Noble said that... uh, uh, sorry, Iceberg said that Noble should lo- lose at least 90% of his value. And the share price today <laughs> reflects that statement. 90% of yeah. the value, yeah. And, and here, here is somebody that put its money where its mouth is because 
Uh, and here, here is the other ethical question, right? Because you write a research about a stock, and at the same time, you act on that research. Basically, you uh, you, uh, you engage market, you engage yeah. in short selling. Yeah, and I think that that is a big problem with uh, research reports because while these companies like to make these kind of uh, you know uh, claims, right, that they're they're not in this false accusation kind of statements, they do have grounds in saying that these research reports do short the companies that they do research on. And whether or not that's ethical, that remains to be answered. But what about the whole, in this particular case of the Noble Group, uh, the fact that the report was anonymous? I mean, is that ethical? And, uh, and you know, should the market be responding to essentially what is the part of the rumor mill, right? I mean, an anonymous report is as good as kind of a whispering campaign, isn't it? I mean, who's to say that the market is right or wrong, right? Because this is um, the greed and fear at play, at work, right? So if you want to make money or you want to avoid losing money, you will just act on whatever information that you get. So I, I don't know if it's the wrong thing, uh, but going back to the question of ethics, I think uh, for most research houses, they make declarations and disclosures about uh, what stocks the analyst owns, uh, especially if the analyst is advising or representing some other investors, uh, then it is unethical for them to uh, basically uh, act on the stock that they are researching on. But these, these guys, uh, call them watchdog researchers or rogue researchers if you like, uh, they don't have that kind of fiduciary relationship. They act on their own behalf, and after they act on it, they are just advertising what they have done. Uh, I, I think it's no different from what uh, you know Warren Buffett or Kun Yu Yin do uh, after they've uh, even uh, Tong on on the Edge Weekly, right? He has a portfolio. I mean, it's no difference from that, no different from that. Yeah. What about the question, the fact that? Uh, Noble actually identified an individual they thought was behind the research and that he was a, a former employee, perhaps dis disgruntled. Uh, how does that play out? This is, is this a story worth making into a film, Julian? Uh, maybe, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps it could be made into film. But uh, don't forget that the share price has played out and uh, th this market... Uh, has uh, turned an iceberg's research into self-fulfilling prophecy if anything else uh, is to be considered. So uh, regardless of what the company says, I, I think the response of regulators and the companies are uh, very um, interesting uh, because Noble had started off by denying uh, all these wrongdoings um, and then uh, now the latest news is that the CEO has resigned because it's just uh, not enough, uh, it's it just uh, too embarrassing battle to take care of all the problems, right? The ratings agencies uh, downgraded Noble and uh, it's just too hard to fight the fire that's going on. You know, a lot of companies get, uh, are, you know, um, are hemmed in by regulations and very strict controls and make sure that whatever the personal persuasions of the individuals running them, they are kept clean, right? Their noses are kept clean. But what about uh, rating agencies and what about research houses? I mean, what kind of regulation is there control over their output? I mean, remember in that movie, The Big Shot, you had really this amazing scenes played out of rating agencies who seem to be, you know, uh, uh, guns for hire, basically. Yeah, and that's the whole point of these rating agencies. When you think about rating agencies locally, we have Mark and Ram. Internationally, you have Fitch, you have others, the, the other two. I, I, I think you, you, they are a corporate entity for profit. Uh, they have to be uh, gunning for uh, payments from their clients. And who are their clients? Uh, one would like to argue that their clients can be sovereign. Uh, 
uh, also uh, sovereign-linked companies or government-linked companies. At the end of the day, you don't want to bite the hand that uh, feeds you and you might not be as scathing or as honest in your report as these smaller more rogue investor kind of companies. Then how do they come to be trusted? I mean, why would you trust a, a company that's putting out an analysis that's paid for by, you know, the entity that you want some oversight and scrutiny over? Yeah, I think that's the reason why there are lawsuits flying around uh, in the United States about that kind of rating. And uh, this could be something that is more serious because it's very systemic. Uh, bonds need to be rated uh, so that investors know what they're get getting into. And yet the rating agencies are not exactly free uh, from, you know, they, they're not exactly independent uh, because they earn their money from people they are rating. So there's, there's some capture there. Uh, but going back uh, to, I guess, the, the these researchers, uh, they really um, dirty their hands and go, go out there. They're, they're very different from uh, normal researchers. And uh, I guess we'll talk more about that uh, after Yeah, the after this, uh, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, Chura, Julian, Ibrahim, and the SNM show. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, or was it, sorry, yeehaw, I think that was the script. Uh, okay. Stick to the script. So the question of the Noble Group, right? Is this story something that is unique or is it uh, repeated ad infinitum? I think you can see the trend of a lot of independent research houses coming out uh, to uh, say things about stock. For example, AirAsia was also a victim, I guess, because uh, they were the subject of a GMT, uh, this research house called GMT, which questions uh, questioned AirAsia's way of uh, doing its accounting pra practices, especially at the associate level. And, and at that point in time, uh, AirAsia's stock also came down uh, quite sharply. Um, and then there is uh, Muddy Water, uh, not to be mistaken For with the musician, uh, musician mm -hmm. right? Muddy Waters, uh, yeah. They, they also have issued uh, many reports, actually, uh, and uh, to their own uh, street cred, uh, they have uh, had an effect on uh, share prices. For example, um, a company that is quite close to what uh, Noble does is Olam in Singapore, and they accused Olam at also some kind of dodgy accounting. Um, and the, the share price was affected as well until Temasek came in, uh, you know, with one billion bucks because, you know, this being a Singapore listed, uh, I guess, Singapore company, Temasek made an investment into Olam. You know, Muddy Waters does have that street cred. Uh, earlier this year, he did, uh, or they did uh, write about Bank of the Ozarks and they believe that the bank moved aggressively into the real estate uh, lending business as it sought for good use of its deposits. And the moment they say that uh, you see the share prices of uh, Ozark actually gone down about $38 or about 0.5%. Um, and this, these are the kind of street creds that these uh, rogue uh, uh, research houses have. They do, they're not uh, uh, subjected to these people uh, like the rating agencies that we spoke of earlier. Therefore, they be, uh, you know, the market believes that they have a lot more credential in terms of saying what they want to say. No, well, well this, this is quite different. I, mean, I think when you say street cred, I, I, it seems to signal that w their analysis was in fact true rather than they were able to move the market. Well, I mean, which are two different things, well, right? Well, that, that's played out. Uh, your, your, your respectability and your credibility is played out by how the shares perform. 
you know, giving you that kind of credence. Uh, so when you say something, when they say the share price is going to fall and it does fall by uh, quite a meaningful amount, uh, then you get that kind of respectability. Yeah. What about if you say the street, the, the, the prices are going to fall because of dodgy accounting, but the prices fall because people panic because they think there's dodgy accounting, but there's no dodgy accounting. Well, then then you've got to convince everybody to believe you, right? So if you, you're in a position to do that, uh, then um, you have to, at the same time, be given the respectability as well. For example, if I today, Sharad, uh, go out and say that your house is only worth 100 ringgit, I got to convince enough people to believe that the property that you bought is 100 ringgit. Otherwise, um, you know, I, I'm just uh, shouting into the yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if, like if, a mad person. If you seen my sofa, Julian, you'd know it's more <laughs> worth a million bucks. Now, okay. no. I've not seen that. I admit. <laughs> no, the, I think the I mean the company name the, the the name of the research group Muddy Waters is really interesting because it could be kind of self ironizing the yeah. fact that they know because muddying the waters suggests confusing the public, right? So what is they doing? They're confusing the public in order to and I think there's a wonderful Malay expression also you basically you're fishing in 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 troubled waters right yeah. you kind of stir things up and uh maybe and maybe they're making that reference to the corporates and not really to themselves right all right okay yeah. but what about the end of the day i mean uh clearly research houses and even these rogue researchers play an important part of the information system that drives the stock market right it's you know the fear and greed that you mentioned earlier but, uh, you know, if you kind of stood back, would you say that research is important, research of this sort is important? It, it is important. It's critical even. Uh, but uh, then we have to also look into the ethics of it. Uh, there's uh, substantial evidence to show that short-selling Noble Group Limited actually rose to a record on 1st February this year. Uh, stocks that were short-sold by US-based short-selling firm Money Waters happened. Uh, proportions of uh, Noble Group's shares actually surged uh, 9% in terms of loan surge. Um, and, and this is a surge from 0.1% before the icebergs uh, report in February. So I guess, yes, these research houses are important to give a fair view of these companies. But when you see these short selling occurs, one has to question the motives behind these research houses issuing that, that kind of uh, reports. I think in trying to answer the question of whether research is useful or not is whether you can make money out of, <clears throat> of, out of doing uh, either fundamental or technical research, right? Uh, it has to, research has to be differentiating from, say, uh, gazing into a crystal ball or reading tea leaves and, uh, and things like that, right? There, mu there must be some financial benefit from it. And uh, research on research has shown that uh, actually fundamental and technical analyses are not very useful in helping people to, to make money. Uh, so the, the question is, why are so many investment banks spending a lot of money to go into this kind of thing? Well, they fulfill uh, a different, I guess, a different need for research, which is the need for information. Uh, the market is efficient in pricing in the information, but they still need uh, that information uh, to make decisions. So I guess because uh, people are going to be paid a lot of money for a long time to come to do this kind of research, I think uh, it will continue to go on. But, you know, a difference uh, between normal investment, investment banking research and some of these other uh, independent research like Iceberg and Muddy Waters and, uh, you know, th I think they would not be appreciate being called rogue, right? Uh, they're, they're, let, let's say, let, let's call them independent research houses. <laughs> Uh, the difference is that a lot of times that uh, these guys actually dirty their hands. They go out there 
to count stuff, you know, count the number of customers walking in and out of stores, count uh, the, the number of billboards that you have if you're an advertising company, right? They do all these things and they come back with a conclusion that saying that, hey, you might not have as much of the assets that you say you have. So I'm, I'm going to sell your stock, right? Uh, the other research that's being done by the investment banking houses is that they speak to management. And there's a big flaw with that. <laughs> management may not be very truthful. And if they're not, uh, then you can get caught out. But, you know, like any journalist in journalistic endeavor, when you interview somebody, you can present them with certain facts to catch them out. I mean, they don't always just get to report or do their spiel, right? Yeah, that's the exact thing. Because you would expect reporters to actually report credible things. Reuters reported on an iceberg research report's tweet and the company uh, that they reported on moved very significantly. So Alman, uh, the uh, the uh, iceberg, uh, is commenting on the iceberg's tweets regarding Noble's situation. He argues that what surprises us, frankly, is why everybody pays so much attention to a tweet. If the whole world is being reduced to tweets, I think we've got a problem. So this is a problem of the media also aggravating the situation where sometimes you don't need to actually shout. What about you know the idea that your research houses or for the end consumer? What would you? What's your advice for the end consumer, Julian? Uh, should you be moved by these? You things know what my advice is going to be, right? Uh, ETFs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how did you guess? I don't know. I, I have a crystal ball in front of me, and I'm just getting you know uh, these uh, vibes from you. But okay. So, yay or nay, or a very well, thick if, if you are, If you are uh, an, an investor, uh, do you really want to put in the kind of time that uh, people like Iceberg and uh, Muddy Water and uh, GMT put into their research? Do you have the time to actually go out there and count stuff, analyze accounting reports? Because they did that and they, they made a huge bet on it. Uh, I don't think a lot of us have that kind of resource. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we somehow or other have to rely, despite our disdain towards uh, research house, um, uh, whether it's you know fully paid or independent research houses, as uh, Julie wants us to, uh, you know, clarify on these uh, cl classification. I think at the end of the day, these people have actually counted the beans and have give, given an opinion on what these beans are. And I think at the end of the day, it's up to us to decide. Okay, so necessary evil. That was Ibrahim Sunny. Before him, Julian Ng. I'm Sharad Kutin. And the morning run draws to a close with a song from Oh Mercy. Rebel Beasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.